Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to today's show. 
Hey, Love Tribe. Yes, welcome. Thanks for being here with us today. We have a super fun interview with David and Julie Bullitt, and they have been married for 34 years. Julie is a licensed clinical social worker uh, and has spent the last uh, more than 25 years working with individuals, couples, and families. And David is a divorce lawyer in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And obviously, that's a super unique conversation with Julie being a therapist, David, a divorce lawyer, and they're seeing people on similar spectrums. And and obviously, David is getting people that are usually a bit upset with each other. They're divorcing. And Julie, maybe couples, families struggling, or they're doing well, but from these two unique perspectives. And so they came together and they wrote a book, yes. uh, The Five Core Conversations for Couples. And that's what we talk about today. And we really appreciate them giving a lot of personal stories. We think this is really valuable uh, for us to hear and, and for you guys as well to know that relationships take work and there's hard things in the relationship. And we talk about them through these five conversations and it really goes like this, building and filling. That's the beginning of the relationship, finances, parenting, sex, and balancing the relationship. So we talk about each of those and we really enjoyed today's conversation. Yeah, we really loved having both of them on, um, both of their perspectives and really them as a couple. I, they they just seem amazing and um, we really enjoyed having them on the show. And so as always, thank you guys so much for listening, for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. You guys are always asking how you can support us. And if you would like to do so, there's a link in our show notes uh, that takes you over to Glow, which allows you to donate to us um, on a monthly basis or one time, whatever feels right for you. Um, so we appreciate you guys so much and enjoy today's episode. Before we jump into today's interview, we want to tell you about our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign yes. me up. <laughs> then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along. But we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Sparkman Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. 
then just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hi, David. Hi, Julie. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having us. So how are you doing? We are wonderful. Thank you. We've given our listeners a little bit of information about your professional backgrounds, and we thought a great place to start would be given both of your unique professional backgrounds and ask you about your decision to write a book together, The Five Core Conversations for Couples. Sure. So, so I've been a, a divorce lawyer. Well, first of all, Julie and I have been married since 1986. And I've been a divorce lawyer since right about that time. Julie is a licensed clinical social worker, family therapist, and, and sees couples as well. And so we, um, we spend a lot, since we talk for a living, right, we spend a lot of time talking to each other. And those, those talks over the years sometimes uh, were um, uh, heated, sometimes were funny, sometimes were semi-intoxicated, but, but <laughs> often uh, we're about looking at relationships from very different visuals, from a different cue, you know, where, where I generally see people when things have um, gone down the tubes or on their way down, whereas Julie is there trying to keep them from, from going down that tube. Mm-hmm. So we basically, we, we went back and we looked at some of the things that we talked about. And we decided there was a lot in common. (laughs) A lot of the same issues come up for couples, whether they're, you know, getting divorced or trying to keep it together. And um, David has written a couple books before. So he was like, hey, maybe this would be an interesting conversational type book that we could do uh, together. And uh, David's really the writer and I'm more of the creative force. And um, so it was an interesting process writing it, but that's how we kind of came up with, with doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it seems like the next logical step for a divorce lawyer and a family therapist that are married to come together and share that knowledge because it's very valuable from both of those perspectives and then bring that together. So we're really excited to talk about the five core conversations that I'm assuming like these are the things that you guys kind of said, okay, here are the big themes that we're seeing separately and together through our professional work and then maybe even personally. And let's, let's get that information out there. So let's talk about some of these conversations for couples. Uh, Why don't you guys just get us started with what you thought of for the first big conversation that that you think couples should address? Sure. And and, and also, uh, preliminarily, what we decided to do when we were writing this was was to get personal too. So not only, you know, is it Julie's perspective on different things and mine, and sometimes they're similar, oftentimes different, 
but also the, the, the entire book, you know, is, is bleeds in, our life bleeds into the book where we, our own issues in terms of parenting, our own issues with, with financial, financial circumstances and sexual issues and so forth. And that stuff sort of bleeds into the book. And so what we, when we were talking, right, we, we started to figure out that there basically are, are kind of five areas um, core areas where people need to be able to communicate. And for us, those five core areas fell into these buckets, right? The building and filling. What do you need to know about somebody else? What do you need to communicate with the, your partner about as you're start, starting your relationship, building your relationship, and it starts to fill as your relationship together grows? Mm-hmm. Finances, money, uh, children, parenting. Um, sex, so we call that section bumping and grinding, <laughs> and then and then the the ba- the whole balance piece of things, balancing the I versus the we, and 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 that whole part of a relationship. So the five core conversations are really are really just that. There are five cores, and there's a lot of conversations within those five cores. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start and talk about the building and filling. Is that kind of at the beginning of a relationship and setting a good foundation? Yeah. So we sort of talk about, you know, how the excitement and newness of, of a relationship is is there and how that helps people, you know, what to look for and what kinds of things you should be thinking about and um, doing as a couple. But we also use the building and filling um, piece as a way for people to remember why they connected and remember, um, you know, why they're together. Um, and that's actually, as a therapist, that's actually a technique, a strategy that, that we use a lot um, as, a, as a family therapist with, with couples work is what brought you together? And, you know, what were the connections and what was great about it? Because um, lots of times couples lose that, you know, that excitement and that newness, but there's still ways that they connected back then. And we try to, you know, help them remember how they're connecting now and just kind of bring that back. So that's, you know, sort of yeah. one aspect of the building and filling piece. And the, 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 the actual communication itself, we spent a lot of time on the chapters themselves. You know, for example, there's one in there that we call silence is not golden, you know, where, and all of us have heard this with friends or, People that we know, you know, I'm mad at my spouse, I'm mad at my significant other, so I'm not going to talk to her for a week. And so we talk a little bit about that. We talk about how you get the message across, you know, and, and, and it's not just that the medium is the message, but you got to listen to what the message is and you have to put it in a certain way or it's not going to get across. I mean, Julie and I, the joke that I have with Julie is she'll wake up in the morning and before I've even opened one eye, she's telling me something that in the in in the bright lights of being uh, being awake for nine seconds is really annoying, <laughs> right? So, but but had I been awake for an hour or so, we talked about two or three other things. It wouldn't be that way. So we do talk about not not just what you have to say, but how you say it, when you say it, yeah. how it's directed, that sort of thing yeah. in, that, in that section. Yeah. So a lot about communication um, in that you know in that section, sort of how you build good communication skills and how you keep them going. I love how you mentioned it's not just what you say, but how you say it. Because so often when you're in a conversation, like with Chase and I, there's those nonverbal cues and all those signals and sometimes those snarky comments that (laughs) not always coming across how you want it. So and I'm sure that's 
all couples are in that same situation. Can you talk a little bit about that briefly? Just the importance of how you say it and all those nonverbal communications? Absolutely. We actually, you know, the, uh, there was some research about about the words versus the, the nonverbals, you know, that the content versus the process. And what they found was that the words really had very little effect compared to, you know, how somebody, you know, the tone and, and, and somebody's body language. So absolutely. Yes. So even, even having difficult conversations, um, you know, things that are hard to talk about, if you preface them in the right time and you also, you know, give some warning around, around things like, Hey, this is something that's on my mind, or can I talk to you? Can we, you know, can we sit, you know, in the living room for a minute and just have a, a, you know, a difficult conversation. So yes, how you say it and when you say it is very, very important. And I think it's, you know, if somebody's rushing around busy, you know, in a bad mood or whatever, that's not the time to have a conversation that's important to you. Um, so kind of knowing um, that piece and um, being respectful, uh, you know, of the other person where they are. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the second core conversation. Sure. Money, finances, mm, right? So if you one. think about, and, and I don't know how long you guys have been together, but if you think about one of the big things that, that probably has been an issue and is an issue for most couples mm-hmm. at some time or another, if not throughout their relationship, is money. Not just how you spend it, but how you save it. And like Julie says, uh, has said several times, is that people come to relationships with very different financial values, right? And some of it's based upon how you were raised. You know, if, if one party, one person was raised in a family that really w- had things tight growing up and, and didn't get a new pair of shoes every three or four months or had to take the school bus to school, whereas the other partner, you know, got rides to school, got a car when she was 16 and, you know, had a credit card and all of a sudden they're thrown together. Mm-hmm. How they look at money, how they spend it, how they save it mm-hmm. often gives rise to conflict. Yeah. And money means different things for different people. I mean, sometimes um, being able to spend money is, you know, a great feeling for some, for one person and being able to save money is a great, you know, can be um, a great, you know, thing for another person. So if you think about it, you know, how you think about money, how you think about saving money and spending money is, is most likely going to be different. You know, it's, it's not like we come to relationships with the same, you know, the same amount of, you know, ideas around saving and spending. And then that plays out in relationships. Um, if you're not on the same page and you don't have discussions about it, it can definitely cause um, difficulty. Yeah, and having you know, being having knowledge about what's going on in, in in your financial relationship is important. We have a chapter in the book that's called "Don't Wait for the Repo Man," which is based right up, right on target with regard to a client that I had many many years back who, you know, lived in sort of a gilded place that everything was great and used your card to go to the grocery store, used your card to go to the mall when people could go to malls, <laughs> and and you know, and wasn't worried. Had a nice car, lived in a nice house. And had no, you know, just didn't know anything. And then how did she find out? She found out one spring morning when she was woken up by um, several men outside of her door speaking Spanish and towing her car away, uh, repossessing her car. So, you know, I think I, part, of, part of the conflict around money 
it is is that that oftentimes one person sort of is is controls it, and which is perfectly fine if that's what works in your relationship, mm-hmm. right? But the person who doesn't ought to still have some feel for what's going on and understanding of of what things cost and how things are paid for. Um, so so that's that's an area we, we talk about the balance mm-hmm. of power, right? Yeah, which yeah. Is money is concept. power. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, money is power, and 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 also knowing what's going on, even if you're not the one that that pays the bill. How important it is to communicate, like, hey, we are here. Um, we need to do this. We need to pull together. Um, for David and I, we we had gotten ourselves into quite a bit of a financial um, uh, bind. Bind, yes. <laughs> um, over the years, you know, kind of combination of things. Some, you know, some somewhat is sticking your head in in the sand, and some was that we had a, a child with special needs, so we were needing to get her a lot of expensive, you know, therapy services and stuff like that. So some of it was definitely our fault. Another was was circumstance. But you know, we we ourselves had to, you know, pull pull together. Um, I actually we used the Dave Ramsey debt diet model. Um, I got the book. We we sat down, we wrote down everything we owed and we made a plan of how we were going to pay and things off. we got off. rid of the car. Yeah, we had yeah, to get... Yeah. Fun, fun, fun till reality <laughs> takes your T-bird away. Yeah. That's another... That's another <laughs> yeah, I had, um, I had a really cool 40th birthday she present did. that we had to sell. Cause... Didn't make it to her 45th birthday. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Can we dig into that a little bit? We appreciate you guys sharing that because that's obviously personal and something that... A lot of couples face and now more than ever with COVID, my job has been on pause for six months now and uh, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel here and, and borders are opening back up I'm down here in Costa Rica and run, run surf camps and the borders are closed and, and there's just no work coming in. And so, you know, this is presenting a lot of problems for millions of couples out there. So how did you guys, what are some of the conversations, the hard conversations you had? Did you argue about maybe getting rid of the Thunderbird? How did you navigate that? We, we yeah. you know, we had, so, so we had arguments that let, that were part of all of this, which is, you know, so, so I, I say I got a, a new pair of sneakers, right? Julie might say, well, if you got those and I can get this. Mm-hmm. And, and that led to this kind of a, you know, arms racy kind it, of thing. It, I call so it like tit for tat. tat. Yeah. And I think couples do that, do this a lot. I see it with time. I see it with, with, you know, goods as well, material things. So yes, but I think what you're talking about is yes, a lot of, you know, a, a right around now, especially a lot of people are financially in different positions than they were. And how do you go through with, okay, so we're going to get rid of, this? Are we going, you know, are we going to get rid of that? And, you know, somebody's probably more invested in one thing or the other, you know, like if, if you, if you had a hard conversation about like needing to downsize your house, there's going to be one person that is, you know, more for it and another person that's more against it and um, negotiating and really trying to take perspective of how hard it is for, you know, for the other person. Um, I know we went through, we just downsized our house and David wanted to move years ago and I just wasn't ready. Um, and, you know, it was hard, but we had to do a lot of really negotiation, I would say, problem solving, collaboration and negotiation around, you know, what we would yeah, do. Who's going to give what up? Yeah. You know, I mean, 
it's easy for it's easy for one partner to say, okay, well, we don't need this, whatever mm-hmm. this is, because I don't use it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about mm-hmm. it. Whereas the other person says, well, hold on a second. I do use that. And and how do you work your way around those kind of things? It's like the, op- you know, to me, I think about it as the opposite of a ladder. You know, going going down a ladder is generally a lot easier than climbing up the ladder. But when you're talking about spending, cutting back on spending is a hell of a lot harder than just spending whatever you want. And, yeah. and, and, and we did, we did have some real struggles yeah. and some of those were imposed upon us by our circumstances and the, and the need to, that we felt to try to um, help our child and get her in a better place. And um, that raised issues of jealousy and mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. You know, if we spent this on her, why don't we, why, why can't we just go and get this for ourselves? And, and it was a cycle and it was a cycle that got us in trouble, mm-hmm. caused conflict, but that ultimately, you know, we were kind of able to, to put our heads yeah. together and, and work through. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like in regards to the hard financial conversations now, and, and let's say downsizing or getting rid of things, it's really taking a perspective of empathy towards your partner where the Thunderbird might be like, yeah, of course, give it away, like easy. And then the partner who's, who's Thunderbird it is, is it, it's very, can be very personal. So really trying, like you said, not, not going down that tit for tat in that sense of like, well, if I give this up, you have to give that up and really realizing you're on the same team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, of course there's, there was places, you know, with the financial stuff that, that we were able to really come together and that would be like, okay, we're just not eating out. Like we're going to cook and, and you're going to do some of the cooking and I'm going to do some of the cooking and clipping coupons and, you know, those kinds of things together. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't wish anybody to have to go through financial things, but I do looking back, think that it really made us stronger together. And it gave us another like checkbox to say like, okay, we can get through difficult things. And we did. And it it makes you feel good when you get, you know, when you get there and you come together as a couple. And certainly a lot of people are going to be under this, this external pressure of the pandemic in adding General stress, but particularly, yeah, financial and the uncertainty, because I know it's affecting a lot of people's jobs or has affected. So really valuable to to come into those conversations, understanding we're on the same team in a with as clear a head as possible in, in avoiding the tit for tat. Right. Yeah, I would say that that's very true. And then, you know, looking at the big picture, what what's the goal here? You know, the goal is, you know, to be able to put your head on the pillow and not be freaking out about paying bills or where you're going to live or how you're going to get food or how, you know, right. So like, what are, you know, what are the, what are the end goals for your, you know, relationship financial goals? And, um, I think that's kind of the bottom line is, you know, where do you want to be? And when you figure that out, I think that helps you get there. Let's take a minute to tell you about today's sponsors. 
BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor from the comfort of your home. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to leave your house. It's super convenient and helpful using BetterHelp. And once you use the service, it'll be super easy to know why so many people are using BetterHelp. BetterHelp is growing so much that they've actually had to start recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And it's not self-help. It is professional counseling And it's one of the best ways to improve your relationship, reach your goals, and really just improve your overall mental health. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash I do. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care brand that allows you to create shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment products based on your hair needs, your hair goals, and your aesthetic preferences. There are over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you. One size fits all may work for your accessories, but when it comes to your hair care products, we all need something a little different to help us look our best. So here's how it works. You take a quick but thorough quiz where you tell them all about your hair. Next, the Function of Beauty team will determine the right blend of ingredients, bottle up your custom formula to order, then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. They even print your name on it. It is so cute. So now when Chase tries to use my shampoo because it smells so nice, I can tell him to back off because it has my name on it. All of their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful products. Function of Beauty is not just the first ever custom hair care brand. It's the internet's top-rated custom hair care brand with over 40,000 real five-star reviews and counting. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash I do to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash I do for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. That's functionofbeauty.com slash I do. So let's talk about parenting and why you guys included it and maybe some of your experiences. Okay. So let's let, so we have four daughters. So we have a, we have an interesting family dynamic. Uh, uh, we have our oldest and our youngest daughter. Daughters are both biological. Um, and then we have two adopted girls that are in the middle and our adopted girls are biological sisters as well. So, and they have the same biological parents. So we built our family a little bit differently uh, in a very in, in a um, in an environment that lacked testosterone, as you can tell. <laughs> we have a male, we've always had a male, had a male dog. dog. But but so what 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 really came to the fore with us was were, were issues in raising our third daughter. Not only in terms of raising her that 
that we couldn't handle her, but, but, but how to try to manage her mental health issues, her behavioral issues, and at the same time, not, not lose track of how that affected our other children. And that, that, in looking back now years later, and if we were to say that there was a place that maybe that we really would, would try to have done better, I think it would have been trying to manage and be, be more aware of how the circumstance was affecting the other kids in the house. And it certainly, uh, in addition to that, had a, had a daily daily effect on Julie and our, you know, our relationship. Because yeah, yeah, our relationship and our mental health yep. and probably our physical health, if we think about that too. So, yeah, so we talk, you know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, putting, as parents, putting your oxygen mask on, you know, first, um, making sure that you're as in good shape as possible. So I, you know, with my clients and for myself, I, I do focus on a lot of self-care um, and couple care, kind of taking, making sure that the, the parenting thing is big and important, but your kids will hopefully eventually leave one day and you still want to have, you know, a relationship that that's a decent one with your, you know, partner. Yeah. I mean, there were times that, that, you know, you look back and they were, they were heartbreaking at the time when you're in the midst of them um, from a selfish perspective. So, you know, for example, we have a chapter where th- that's called no one, no one brings you dinner when your kid's in the psych ward. And, and that's based on, you know, if you think about, you know, if you have neighbors real quickly, a friend, somebody has a kid that's sick or somebody's in the hospital, whatever it may be, everybody's bringing them meals and making sure they're okay. And we were lived in that kind of a supportive neighborhood. And we had a family that had a, a couple kids that got injured and people were lined up outside their door literally for days, bringing them stuff, which was lovely and the right thing to do. Now, you flash flash forward and our daughter had an issue in the neighborhood and everyone knew that she was she had been hospitalized for mental health issues. And the joke between Julie and I was, you know, we didn't get as much as a happy meal. You know, there was no call. There was no chicken nuggets. There was no, there was none of that. And, um, you know, and, and it was for us, it was a tough thing. But 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 it was probably even more difficult, I think, now looking back on yeah. on other kids who were, you know, who were uh, young teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other piece to this is that I in writing this, we want people to know that they're not alone if they have issues with their kids or disagreements on how to parent their kids. Um, you know, they don't come with manuals and it's not clear cut and you do the best you can. And a lot of people really feel oh my God, I'm, you know, I screwed this up or I screwed that up. The other piece to it is that, you know, you, you're not always going to react in, in the perfect way. I mean, I, I work with, you know, couples and help parents, um, you know, with behavioral issues and there's no way that you can perfectly do it yourself every time and not to beat yourself up over it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a trained therapist and I got it wrong a lot. So that's the other piece is like, this is not easy. This is the hardest job you will ever have being a parent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, part of what we're trying to impart to people that we thought was important wasn't that our stories are going to be the same, right? Our, our family is going to be different from yours and his and hers and whoever. But that, that, that people, I think, can take comfort in, in others' struggles. And I mean that in a positive way. And certainly when you look at the struggles of two people, you know, like Julie and myself who... You know, on the outside looking in, we've had people who think, oh, gosh, they must be, they're, they're great. Everything's perfect kind of a thing. And, 
and it wasn't, and it's not. And and so when we try to we talk about these stories in the book and and not expecting other people are going to have the same family dynamic, but that that they can find some kind of hope and comfort in the fact that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have things that are tough in raising your kids, but lean back on your relationship and try to stick together, you know, keep that rope tied and, and keep, and, and keep plowing ahead kind of thing. I love that you mentioned about being able to relate to people in that way, because I think one of the good things that has come out of this pandemic and this COVID, if, if anything, is that we're, we've been able to see that other people are also in similar situations and struggling and just trying to get through each day with, especially with parenting right now, because it's so hard having the kids home and working and how it's affecting your relationship. And for those moms and those parents out there that have been open about these struggles, you can really relate to them and say, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. Hearing you two share those stories in your book and, you know, yeah, it, it really is important for people to be able to hear your stories and relate. And it, it builds that connection and it really allows people to know that they're not alone. Yeah. That's what we hope. Yeah, that's, really yep, that's exactly what we're hoping for. Well, let's go on to another important topic. And each one of these topics deserves its own show, if not more, but... But uh, we really appreciate you guys sharing all these personal details and, and professional details. So let's talk about sex and why you guys included it in the book. Well, well we couldn't not include it, Chase. <laughs> I mean, would that be, you know, you can't talk about couples issues without talking about sex, right? Sex right. and money, for sure. Yeah, so we call the section about sex appropriately bumping and grinding, uh, which has its own metaphor, depending upon how you look at it, I suppose. But again, and, and when people come to my office, and Julie has the same, and this is one of the things that we learn, one of the primary complaints that people have when I'm, speak, when I'm meeting with them is their sexual relationship with their partner. Um, either not enough, not happy, looking outside, whatever the case may be. Very, very few times it's too much. That they that they come yeah, in. I like yeah. to too, much, too much sex and I can't take it yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, and 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 I asked this. You know, I, I sort of asked this question in the book. If you know, how many people out there think that if everyone's sexual relationship was good, whatever good meant in your relationship, that could be different. You know, and it would be different from one or the other. How many people think that the divorce rate would drop through the floor? And the answer is, everybody in the room hand is going to get raised because it's because. And that's not to say that sex is the key, because although Julie thinks that I think that it is, mm -hmm. um, um, it certainly <laughs> it certainly is is a significant part to finding that you know that relationship success. And it, and like other things, it can bleed into other areas of your relationship. So if you're unhappy um, sexually, uh, you take it out on your partner in other ways, right? right. You don't talk. Yeah. You don't come home. You whatever it may be, you don't, you don't clean the kitchen. You don't, you, yeah. you don't do the things that the other things that you need to do to keep your relationship going the way it ought to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the other issues with sex, and we just talked about this last week because we, we did a, like a Facebook uh, happy hour, but we sort of talked about the mismatched sexual desire and how common that is and how, when you think about it, you know, why is that? Well, I, you know, I had an analogy of, 
um, that we all have different thirst levels. I mean, you know, David drinks a different amount of water than <laughs> I drink, you know, daily. And some people drink a lot of water and some people drink a little bit of water. And it do, it's not a bad thing. But so very rarely do you have, you know, a couple that comes together that really has the same you know, appetite for sex or the same desire or the same need, whatever you want to call it. So that causes a lot of, you know, friction, you know, not to be funny about it, but yeah, friction in no, relationships. It, it does. I mean, we have, we have a, a chapter in the book called, you know, it's not a budget item. You know? So, and you hear a lot of, well, we, we, we had sex on Tuesday and it's only Friday. So why are you, why are you bothering kind of thing? And so, and Julie and I, again, again, we share some of this stuff. It's, it's, it's more than too personal for our children who do, yeah. who, who wince every time they they hear us talk yeah. about it, right? But but it is, you know these are things that that if you don't talk about them or you don't communicate about them, then it's not gonna it's not gonna go well. It just isn't. And sex is a difficult thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. We I mean we try to do it you know under the under the blanket of, of a lot of humor most of the time, but with but with you know with you know serious edges to it. Yeah, and and so. That is a big area for us where we both see conflict, where we both see people who don't communicate. Yep. And and therefore, it's a major, it, it is, it's a core conversation people need to have. Yep. Yeah. And in our book, at the end of each um, uh, core area, we have questions. We call them uh, couples kickstarters. And um, a lot of people have really enjoyed them and used them to start, you know, start conversations. And we're happy about that. Um, so we've gotten a lot of feedback about that. How do the two of you incorporate humor into the conversations? Like, what does that look like for our listeners who want to maybe incorporate that into their relationship, into that tricky conversation? We well, make fun of each other. Yeah. Sarcasm, that, sarcasm. Sarcasm. Yeah, a lot of sarcasm, a lot yeah. of, you know, just personal inside jokes. Um but yeah, I mean, if you if you have something hard to say, you know, I think humor is a great way to do it. And, um, you know, we use it a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, most recently we, we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about what we were going to do that particular night. And I made sort of a, I, I, like off the top of my head or right came out of my tongue was some metaphor that absolutely was made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and not only did it make no sense. But Julie, Julie got a little grossed out. Said, "Oh, that sounds awful." And I was trying to be sort of semi-sexy kind of thing. I'm like, "Yeah, that didn't come out very." Didn't yeah, come out very I'm like, yeah, that's not getting really- me in the mood, honey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was curious if it ever backfired, you know, and I'm sure it does. But I think the the point is that it's the humor that really keeps the relationships going. You have to, you have to laugh in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always say like looks fade, but sense of humor will stay. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure you get with somebody that you think is funny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the fifth, the balancing. Um, so walk us through that. Yeah. So there's there's lots of components about this. So let me just classically say like let's just take a mother that has some kids and she basically has given up taking care of herself, has given up friends and hobbies and those kinds of things. And, um, and really just, you know, jumps into parenting the kids and all the time goes into parenting the kids. And she sort of forgets about herself, number one, and she maybe forgets about her partner too. 
And so we talk about the importance of making sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you're keeping up with some, you know, outside interests, um, hobbies and, uh, and other friendships and making sure that you're kind of a balanced person. I like to look, you look at the sports analogy a little bit, right? Where they, where you hear that, you know, there's no I in team, but there is, there is, I think, an I in us. Sometimes you hear about these people, they do everything, we've got to do everything together. We have to do everything together. We can't ever be separate. We have to be on the same page. We have to travel together. We have to constantly be tied at the hip. And we, you know, and, and if that's what works for a couple, then that's terrific. For most of us, that isn't going to be what's what's going to work, that we all need our own time, our me time, our I time. And whether mm-hmm. it's for Julie, it might be a half hour by herself in the bathtub mm-hmm. without me, you know, making jokes or leering at her or, you know, saying things <laughs> inappropriate at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And for me, it might be just, you know, leave me be. I'm taking my dogs. I'm going for a walk in the woods or, or, or whatever it might be, you know, drink mm-hmm. on the porch or something. Mm-hmm. But I think people lose sight of the fact that you got to, I think that for most of us, and all of this is a for most of us kind of a kind of a project, but it's not for everyone. But for most of us, it's important to maintain our own individual selves mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. within the couple unit. So yeah. do things together, but do things separately and and be happy, be proud of that part of mm-hmm. it and understand that's an important, that's an yeah. important part. And don't feel guilty for taking some time for yourself, either, you know, for yourself or as a couple going out. You know, I have a lot of couples that I work with that are like, oh, you know, especially during this time with the COVID, um, you know, people aren't able just to get like a babysitter or even a family member to take care of their kids so that they can go out on a date night. So be being really creative and mindful about taking time for yourself, but also, you know, just having yeah. like a, you know, we're going to watch a movie tonight or we're going to, you know, sit on the front step and have a drink together or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, making it a priority, making yourself a priority, but also making, uh, you know, the couple a priority too. And finding, you know, finding appreciation, which can be very, very difficult this particular time where people, and, and I know Julie and I have fallen in this boat as well. You're looking, you're thinking about the things that you have missed out on over the mm-hmm. last few months. We didn't get to go here. We didn't get to do this. I, my parents didn't get to see the baby, you know, all of those things. And it's very easy to focus on the things that you miss out on mm-hmm. and lose sight of what you, you know, what you should try. try. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done a lot of the time. But if you can do it a little of the time, it's a good thing, you know, focus yeah. on the appreciation part. There's a, there's a chapter in the book that's called the best chicken in the pot I ever ate, which is, which is based on a dinner out with, with um, some friends and my grandfather who was, who was, ill at the time and couldn't eat. We went to this great steakhouse in Chicago and all of us ordered these giant steaks, you know, look like something from the Flintstones, the big Brontosaurus <laughs> burger kind of thing. And they were just awesome, big fat steaks. And he couldn't eat steak. He couldn't eat it. So he ordered chicken in the pot. So rather than him, you know, looking and, and this is a guy, you know, he, he was born in the early part of the 20th century, you know, grew up eating meat and potatoes. But rather than him looking over at our at our plates, what does he say? He says, this is the best chicken in the pot I ever had. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, OK, how good can chicken in the pot be? But, but right. it's the same kind of thing. You know, it, try to try to appreciate those glimmers of things that you do that, that you that, that you should appreciate. Yeah. Try as best as you can not to focus on. And again, particularly in this time when when, yeah. when we're all struggling, everybody's struggling yeah. right now with just keeping it together and. 
Yeah, but there's a lot of silver linings as well for families and couples that they've had a lot more time together, a lot more time to cultivate, you know, family events and traditions and just, yeah, spend time together, which we've really missed out on in a lot of ways. Well, thank you so much for sharing your personal stories, because as we mentioned in the show, that's such a, a valuable thing because Sarah and I will, will mention things and, and it's just good to hear because especially with people that have your professional backgrounds, because relationships take work and they're hard and their struggles and parenting is hard and finances and, and sex. And, and that, uh, we really try to make a point of, saying that on the show, because I think sometimes people will listen, they'd be like, Oh, if I just listen to the show and do what they say and everything will be perfect. And, and, uh, it's hard. And, and so I think there's a lot of value in the book that you guys wrote and the stories that you are sharing today. So before we wrap up, is there anything we skipped over or maybe a parting piece of advice that you guys would like to leave with our listeners? And then please tell us where we can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. So I would say, I would say my biggest, you know, biggest piece of advice is just keep on talking. And if it's hard to talk about things, you know, just, just try to, you know, do little conversations at a time. I feel like it's a muscle for, for a lot of people to be able to talk freely. And if it doesn't feel right in the beginning, just keep on doing it and, and build your muscle as a couple and make it, a priority to talk about things. Yeah. And you can, you folks can find us on our website, which is www.thebullets.com or on Facebook and Instagram at the bullets and Twitter at the bullets. And um, we do Thursday night, happy hours, Facebook live, which we've been doing for some time. We're taking in the, in the midst of a slight hiatus at the moment, but they're in reruns now every yeah. Thursday. So. Yeah. And um, you can find the book um, in most uh, local bookstores and online, of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and um, it's on ebook and hard, uh, you know, hard copy book. And um, yeah, so yep. anywhere you can find it anywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll have the links to your website and your book in the show notes and on our website at idpodcast.com. And thank you, thank so you much. for, for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. Good luck in Costa Rica. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idpodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at Spark myrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week.
You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.